Hey everybody, season eight, episode four of your four star Spurs. We're sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon, October 25th in dreary Chicago, but after a wonderful win on Monday evening in London or afternoon here in Chicago, we are all in good spirits. I have Lucas with me today. Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And I have the lovely Peter with me. Evening, gentlemen. <laughs> it's good to have you guys. Well, we're going to dive into this game. I kind of want to talk about um, the lovely Atlantic Pub hosting us again. And the crowd was, that was there was really surprising to me, I, although it shouldn't be surprising these days with the amount of fandom that Tottenham has gathered over the last year or so, um, especially with Ange Ball being so front-footed and so wonderful to watch. It's drawn a lot of uh, people to the pub, and we are gathering troops uh, more and more every single match, and especially on a Monday match. I can't. Two years ago, when we were in Champions League, it would be a Tuesday afternoon. There'd be eight, eight to twelve people in the pub, and there was probably like seventy in the pub on a Monday afternoon for your first place Tottenham Hotspurs after that lovely win. So I think that was probably of, the most. I think that was probably the most crowded I've seen it on a Monday, that or like a weekday that was non-Champions League or non-Derby day or something. That was probably that was. Absolutely. That was in there. And that's great. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember telling Dennis, I said, get ready because with all the hoopla that's been going on with Tottenham, with just with the, the amount of um, American, uh, North American people just finding the club, let alone that, but then you get people that you don't like that like the club, the, the Dave Portnoy's, and they have an outreach of people that are bringing people to the Tottenham and, and just they're coming from everywhere. And so um, I could say I'm a long standing fan now after 13 years. I feel good about that. Uh, but we have a lot of um, older fans, as in Peter or you, Lucas. Hey, um, and, and, I was going to say, who are you calling old? And not by age. And not by age. I just mean you've, you've, you've seen these clubs, um, yes. this club, you know, over the years, longer than the, some others. Have, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually the same age as Ange. So what does that tell you? It means you're perfect for the next manager job if he ever goes down. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Once he moves, he'll win us the league. He'll move on to like Barcelona or something. And Peter, you can take the help. Exactly. You got you got my vote, Peter. Just replace uh, replace Inspector Ange. You mean? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he did look like uh, he looked like a. We were joking in the pub. Like Ange with the suit and tie on on Monday for the game. He looked like a uh, like a Scotland Yard inspector that's like a year or two away from retirement and is just like got one tough case that he doesn't want to deal with. Yep. That was the, that was the expression he had. Yep. <laughs> he looks, he looks sharp. Oh yeah. So let's, let's no, get into no the ABB, but close. Right. Well, yeah. So let's get into the game. It's, 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 it, it's the same 11, uh, basically without Basuma. Um, and, uh, Hoiber steps in and uh, I think we were all not worried about that. Um, Hoiber over the years has proven to be a, a pretty well defensive minded, uh, hold the ball up defender. Like it's not necessarily and style, but we're all confident in him. And then Richie gets a start on the left and they play son in the middle and uh, obviously Decky on the right um, game starts. We're on the front foot. We come at him. Um, what was your initial thoughts, Lucas, when we, you know, three or four minutes in, you, you see, we're playing the same game. You know, what's, what, what's your thoughts before anything goes down? Well, my first thing, to, like uh, my first thing that I was thinking of was if we get any of those early chances, please God bury them because that was the thing we saw against Luton, where we probably should have been up four nil after the first ten minutes, and I knew Fulham was actually going to have uh, Fulham likes to have a little bit of the ball, and so I expected them to have it be an open game for 
a lot longer than we would have seen against Luton. But I I know that we tend to struggle against teams that let us have the ball and park the bus a little bit. So I was wondering if if we were going to struggle and if it was going to turn into one of those games where we kind of miss our opportunities in the early windows and then it turns into a 70th minute, we're waiting for that goal, 80th minute, we're still waiting and we don't crack them down. But I, I really liked the way we came out. I wasn't too worried about Hoybier. Um and I think we've seen a lot of progression with him. He doesn't look to be the same player that he was under Conti. Um, that's not a dig at Conti. That's just the system that he had. Um, it looks like he's actually listening to Ange's. I mean, it, it, it's so weird for us because we see him get the ball and actually play it forward and not immediately look to back it back pass to the guy who gave it to him or cycle it back deep. So it was um, it was really nice to see. I mean, he had that great interception for the second goal. We'll get onto that. But um yeah, initially, my first thought was I liked the way that we were pressing. Um, I liked the way that we were controlling the ball, and it looked like we were really the aggressors from the onset. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I mean, obviously, all that's spot on, uh, Lucas. The thing that sort of worried me about the game going in is that, you know, we were coming off the dopey international break, um, which in the past we perhaps come back a little sluggish from. Um so you could argue that it was a bit of a trap game um, for various reasons. It didn't turn out to be that way um, because I thought we were we were brilliant in the first half. We pressed terrifically. We held on to the ball, good possession, good movement in and out of the ball. Um, and we created a bunch of chances. Um, so I was actually really happy that it didn't turn into one of those games that you, you worried about. Um, you know, I thought we could have played, well, we could have finished better. I mean, it's becoming a bit of a, a thing. The Luton game highlighted it, I guess, to start off with. But now it's starting to creep into a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a, of a repeat. We need to finish off some of these opportunities early. And I think if we do, we can put the bed, put the game to bed. I, I, I definitely agree. And to, and to touch your point about the, the trap game, um, coming off that break, we had a few knocks. So, you know, we, we, saw Emer, uh, we saw Romero go down in Argentina for a second, you know, asking to be subbed off. Son uh, came with a knock. And, uh, you know, those are two major key players for us. Um, and so, but we, we come home on a Monday evening at, at, at Tottenham Stadium, and it's a, it's a match you need to win against a team that you drew earlier that basically knocks you out of the cup. Um, it's more than just a premier league game it, that you obviously need three points at home, but it's, but it's a, it's a team that just took you out of a competition that really um, having no European football, we should still be involved in. Um, and so for me, I thought, yes, yes. Trap game, but so much more motivation. What are you going to say Lucas? Well, I think the reason that, I thought of it as a potential trap game is so there's, there's different types of games that you're going to get when you come off an international break. And there's certain teams that are set up to be favorable for you and certain teams that aren't. This was one of those that wasn't a favorable matchup because we have all of our guys, basically like our starting 11, basically every one of them is going back out to international duty. While that's happening, Fulham doesn't have their guys doing that. So while they're doing that, they're on the training ground getting ready for just this game. They got two weeks to just be training 
and healing and getting their bodies right and getting ready for this Monday night game. Whereas we had to scramble back and have a couple of, I mean, I'm glad it was on a Monday. We got an extra day on the training ground, but there are certain teams. Like when you play a team that is like a Sheffield United or someone that, yeah, okay. They didn't have anybody going international duty. Yeah, but they suck. So you should just smash them anyway. But this isn't a team that sucks. It's a team you should beat, but this is a still a, this is a good caliber squad that, just got an advantage of having no, no international duty. So that was the main reason that I was considering it a trap game, like Peter mentioned, but I was pleased to see that we came out and set the tone and it really looked like we did, like Peter had mentioned, we had a couple of opportunities that I would like to see us bury earlier in that game, but at least like mentality wise, it didn't appear as if we had an international break. It appeared as if we were, we had the same mentality we did two weeks ago and it's been, so that is a good trend to see the trend Peter spoke of where we're not finishing early chances. That is something that could come back and bite us. And I hope it doesn't, but the positive trend is the mentalities there and the efforts there. Well, we can perhaps get into the, the, the getting back to bias in a, in a little bit, but I thought the other thing that concerned me a little bit is that we, um, you know, we're starting to get popular boys. We're starting to get our head above the parapet. Um, people are starting to notice and that international break Tottenham and Ange especially got a lot of press um, you know new kid on the block not much going on given the international break the press really started hammering um, our resurgence and I wondered whether or not that would you know have the players kind of reading their own press a little bit and, and are they going to come back with the same intensity um, so these are just the things that sort of going through my mind before we step back on the pitch. Now, as it turns out, it didn't. The first half was, was like I said, half a dozen chances. And had we buried, you know, more than just Sonny's goal, the game would have been out of out of reach. Um, second half, not so much. Yes. And, and to, to talk about the international break real quick before we jump into the match. You know, to your point, Peter, is that we're getting a lot of attention. You know, these these kids, these young men that are coming over, we're getting, we have a bunch of young ones, Ndugi, Vandeman, um, that are now getting caps for their countries. And it's because they're getting minutes with a club that's sitting on top of one of the most prestigious leagues in Europe, and they're being seen week in and week out um, by their managers in, say, Italy or the Netherlands or or whoever. And uh, <clears throat> and so it's a good, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because, like Lucas always says, international break's the worst – because you know we're susceptible to injury, it does us no good. I get it, and these and I'm, we've had this discussion many, many times. A lot of these guys are club before country. Some of them are country before club. It's their decision. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have these guys in the spotlight because it's giving them motive, motivation. It's giving them more confidence. It's it's giving them minutes with their country, um, especially like Adugi and and, and Vandeman. Like that's it's it's a really big deal. Then um, they're new guys for us. But let's let's jump into the game. So we start, we start fast. Um, we're pressing, we're, we're, we're holding the ball for the most part. We're, it's kind of chance after chance after chance. I wouldn't call them spectacular chances, but we've got the ball. Richie's diving in um, and, and putting some really nice passes in. Workload is um, really well. Uh, Sun and him are tracking back. Like I can't remember Sun tracking. But remember, remember a few years ago where we, we all blew up Sun because he wasn't tracking back enough? And this is one of our favorite players in the on the squad for for five or six years now. Um, he's back. Richie is flying around the pitch like he's Lamella. I've said it a few times with <laughs> way more skill. 
you know, and and with the attitude, and it's 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 really great. I know people have been really rough on Richie, um, but he he I believe he had an assist in that match, right? Didn't he assist the? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The second was first, second first goal. goal. First goal. First goal. Second yeah, one was Sunday. Son to Madison. Right, 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 right. Um, Hoy beers. Uh, and so Hoy beers challenge. Lucas, why don't you walk us through what you saw on that Sun goal? Very first. Well, time. I think the thing that I liked about it was again that it came off the press. That was something nice to see that we were having, we were creating some chances, but nothing was really coming of them. I think we were a little bit wasteful in the final third, um, but. I like the ability, if you are going to be wasteful in the final third, that ability to press and win the ball back and put uh, put Fulham in such vulnerable positions. Um, we are still a team that has frightening skill when we're on the counterattack or win the ball off a of press. That's something that hasn't gone away. That's something that Sun is amazing at. Madison slotted right in and is amazing at it. Kulachevsky is amazing at it. We had, I think there was one chance that we had earlier where Kulachevsky had the run out and he laid it to Richarlson. Uh, and Richarlison put it just wide uh, from like just at the top of the box. That would have been a great yeah. one for him to get on the score sheet. But you see, when we have the ball in space like that on counterattacks or we win it from the press, um, we have guys that are just absolutely lethal. So that's great to see that that's always going to be in our locker if we need it. And that's why if you're having a game like that and you're creating chances, but they're not seeming to go your way, um, I love that intensity to – that hunger to just try and win the ball back and create something out of nothing. And that's what we did twice. And, and really they, they just became such easy goals for such quality players. Um, but that just came off the the hunger from the press. I really like that. Well, the press actually led to both goals, um, yeah. which, which is great. We can get into the second one in a, in a minute, but looking back at the, the chances that we had in the first half there, there, there were, there were half a dozen, you know, proper premier league chances. And what was interesting to me as well, is that we kind of spread those ch- chances across a bunch of players. Sonny, Van, Van de Ven had a chance. Richie had a chance. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's good. Because at some point, um, they'll start going in. Um, and they'll need to start going in because we can't depend on Sonny. Perhaps we can have a chat about um, Richie in a bit, um, about his yeah. specific dilemma. I think but there was that it's one gonna that be- we were... There was that one, Peter, where we were dribbling around. Like, we were just – it was, like, one chance that we had in the box with dribbling around. And it, I think, like, XG had, like, probably had, like, three expect- – <laughs> there were probably three expected goals from three different – From that teams. one play. Yeah. It could have come on just that chance in the box. And we didn't right. even get a shot out. And I was like, how? Three guys could have tapped it in, you would think. But – Yeah. Well, then – the I think they'll – those sort of chances will start to go in down the road. I think it just – a law of averages. Um, so it was good to see that the chances were spread around. I like that. Um, you know, th- there is a flip side as well, that we were actually a little vulnerable, um, certainly in the second half um, to Fulham. And yeah. what we all feared would happen hasn't really happened yet. I mean, we thought, given Ange's style of play, playing out from the back, we'd be a bit vulnerable. Um, and looking back at a few of the games we've had, um, I'm not saying we've been lucky because we haven't. Make your own luck. But I think we've been, you know, we've been playing the rubber, the green. Um, we actually haven't been penalised yet for the things that we've, we've done in our in our third. Um, Vicario over the weekend had a, had a tough play out. Um, I think he passed it straight to William who, who skied mm-hmm. it. 
but we haven't been punished for the things that we perhaps thought we would be early on in the season. Um, now that's sort of balanced out that we haven't got scoring from some folks up the other end. But I think those sort of things will start to balance out. I think we will start to be punished um, because it's almost inevitable. Well, let's let's describe. We'll just quickly describe the goal because everybody's already seen it who's even listening to this pod. But Richie quick ball into Sun's feet. Sun breaks to his right. You know, takes that first um, step where he thinks he's going to shoot. Then he does. You know, gets the defender to stop in his tracks and does one more kick to the right. Then blasts a little hook shot into the right corner. It's very uh, it's very 2018 Sunny for me. Um, just it's a wonderful goal um, from the top of the box. And uh, we we could have a lot more of those. I really and, and not to talk about the goal too much because it's it's obviously brilliant. But uh, we were Lucas, you were talking about like us kind of playing footy in there in the box a couple times, having multiple chances. Um, Kulisevsky, a bunch who's who's been a fantastic player, and I do and I am not getting on him at all. I would I, if he starts every game, I'm happy. He's a, he's a great player. He seems to be a little bit um, a little bit nervy with the ball deep inside the box. Um, one hell of a player when he's at the midfield and he's kind of pressing and kicking the ball through people's legs and kind of moving the ball up. Um, didn't shoot the ball a, a few times. We're all like kind of going, what the hell are you doing? Like I can just put it on net. We got Sun, we got Richie, we got everybody's there to, to get a rebound. Um, and it didn't happen. Lucas, what are you going to say? I think the thing with Kulachevsky is, I, again, I think he's a fantastic player, but he is, he does seem to be a little bit of a one-trick pony sometimes with that coming in on his left and getting the ball to his left foot. And that's where we see him where it might look like he's so indecisive sometimes in the box. It's because he's waiting for that great opportunity off his left foot or nothing. He's either going to, he's either going to find a runner to try and roll it to that's running into the box, or he's going to try and get it onto his left foot. And that's basically it. And that's where, when, when it looks like, Oh, just put it onto your right and drive to the end line or something like that's what I would love to see, but that's just not something that's in his locker. He doesn't want to go do that. And so that it comes across as if he's waited too long or he's not made a decisive deci- or a decisive play or not done anything creative. It's I think it's just him him leaning too hard on that one skill that he has. Whereas Sun, we've seen Sun use his left foot, we've seen Sun use his right foot, we've seen Sun run at players in the box, we've seen Sun do back heels and to runners into the box. Um, but I think for me that that big one is the runners into the box. I think for the sec for that goal. Again, we won it off the press, and so that wasn't exactly a challenge for Richarlson to play it into Sun into the box there. But that is the one thing I would have liked to see more of from Richarlson in that game um, was actually taking players on. At the end of the day, the, like Fulham has a couple of great players, but at the end of the day, they're Fulham and you're Richarlson. You're the, like you're Brazil's number nine for a reason. So there there has to be a confidence level where he's willing to take players on inside the box. Because I think another thing that shows the lack of that for us is the fact that we continually get either out-cornered by the opposition or similar corners per game as, like, we're playing – I don't know, I don't have it on me, but I think there was one point late into the game where I think Fulham had, like, three corners and we had two maybe, and it was – we were getting into, like, the 70th minute. So I would like to see – that. that's an opportunity for you to score is more corners – and I think another stat that Chris shows it is the fact that I think we're the only team in the Premier League at this point. We have one of the best goal differentials. We've scored at least, what, two goals a game, except maybe one or maybe once. Uh, I think against Luton, we had one. But other than that, we've scored at least two a game. And we have still been the only team in the Premier League without a penalty awarded to us. 
Mm. And that's not because teams aren't, that's not because refs are out to get us or anything like that. That's because you don't spend enough time running at players in the box. That's all that is. Man City doesn't get a billion penalties every year because the refs like them. They get a lot of penalties because they have skillful players that are challenging opponents in the box. And so I think the fact that we have no penalties to show for, that was all a big worry of ours when we lost Kane was who's going to take our penalties and we haven't had to <laughs> get a penalty <laughs> right. yet. So right. we still don't know who it's going to be. But yeah, so well, I think that, your- that's what I would like to see is just a little bit more actually taking on players in the box and see what happens. But I don't think either of our are good at that. I think that's that's that you're highlighting an issue. I don't think uh, Richie um, or Decky are particularly good at that. So I think that's that's a bit of a chink in our armor. Um, on the left side, I think it's going to be an upgrade that people are going to start talking about for next year. Um, but I don't think Decky's going anywhere. No, but no. I, 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 I think that that's another reason that we really miss Perisic. By the way, though, is. I think Perisic is one of those guys that he could have subbed on at half or he could have subbed on at any point in that game and given us that against tired defenders out for Fulham. He could have been that guy that's running into the box and finding uh, finding open guys and challenging Fulham's tired legs. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Perisic is very missed. And uh, but Mad- you, you see Madison kind of in there too. You're, you're right, Peter, about uh, Decky and, and Richardson. And it, it, it points out exactly what Lucas is saying. They're not really challenging these guys on and trying to take them into the box. It's more of a quick move and let's find the open pass and try to get a get a shot off from either twenty or you know get Sun somewhere close uh, close by. Um, I kind of want to I kind of want to jump off topic real quick and and talk about the counter that we've been we've been running, which is great. But I want to talk about how the defense has really been a massive highlight for me. And I know, and I, and what I mean by that is, is like we're playing with all these strong forward motion players with Angie's ball. I think all of us started the season going, you know, yeah, we have Romero, but like Poro unproven, Udugi very unproven. Um, and then a brand new kid. And let's talk about the brand new kid, Vandeman for a quick second. I mean, yes, he's had a couple errors. It's, he's young and he's being asked to have an absolute mass monster. Uh, responsibility back there but that kid for a lack of a better term has fucking wheels he is flying <laughs> whenever 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 we think someone's gonna beat us to like to the goal he like finds his way back and gets in front of the ball like i am just so impressed with this kid that i'm almost not worried about getting beat on the counter because they're just so damn fast and that leads me to Vic- vicario who ends up coming up with a corner save that like it was 1-0 at the time a header from about i don't know 10 10 yards outside the box a great header with 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 great speed and he flails to the left and gets his hand on it and saves it and that really could have changed the momentum of the game big time obviously a goal can always do that but it really would have stopped us in our tracks um what's your guys thoughts on vicario and is is he i mean I, i i would assume he's lived up to expectations but like, what, what's he doing in your particular mind, Peter? What do you what do you think about Bakaria? Well, expectations, uh, I had none. Um, I didn't know the fella existed until he was, you know, rumored to be coming to fair. us. So, Very from fair. an expectation point of view, who who knows? Um, but the flashes that he's shown um, this early in the season have been well, re- nothing short of remarkable. The fact that he's assimilated into the club, he's taken what seems to me. Uh, more of a leadership position back there as well. 
Um, he has all of the cat-like reflexes of Hugo, but the ball-playing skills that Hugo can only dream about. Um, you know, I don't even want to talk about it because you don't want to jinx something that I think could be fabulous for us for the next five, six years without even having to think about the goalkeeping position again, which we didn't have to do for a decade with Hugo. Right. So for us to have, have, have come into this sort of um, opportunity with him is is really, really special. And he's got a lot of swagger too, right? His attitude back there, um, just his intensity, his the way he talks to the players, like you want that out of a, a great goaltender, his leadership. But um, he's just the confidence is soaring, um, and even when he gets scored on, um, which hasn't been very often this year, um, he's just he just seems to jump right back. Luke, Lucas, what do you think? Well, I think um, with Vicario, it's one where I mean he's got he's vastly like surpassed any expectations I had. Like Peter said, none of us knew anything about him. Um, I know he got some good reviews from uh, other Italian goalkeepers um, that have spoken very highly about his potential. Um, but again, potential. Like, there's a lot of guys that we have that have potential, but don't live up or don't end up cutting it for us or don't fit in our style or the way we want to do things. But with him, it seems like he, it, it seems like, he's been with our back line for years. Like they seem to have such a good chemistry and about the way they do things and the way they operate at the back. And it's, again, I like that term leadership. He does seem to have a firm charge. He stepped right in and was basically said, this is my defense. I will run things back here. And he, Van de Ven and Romero seem to have a great line of communication. I like, like Peter said, the way he's able to play the ball out from the back is something that, it was the only thing that kept Hugo from being the greatest like piece of the puzzle that we were missing at some times was the fact that with, when you have a guy like that can do that, the shot stopping ability is fantastic, but, but that's what your that's your baseline of what we expect out of you is to stop shots. That's why you're the guy that wears the different colored shirt. But when you can actually step in and be a facilitator in the way we move the ball forward, there was one against Fulham, I think it was off a Fulham corner where he came out to get it and took maybe one or two steps and it already had rolled the ball out past everyone and it led to yep. us on a break. And that's something that we never saw with Hugo. We never saw that uh, with past goalkeepers. That seems to be something that Ange is really pushing and it seems like everyone's on the same page. Because it wasn't as if he just rolled it out to one guy as the rest of the ten or the rest of the nine were trotting there. It was a, he caught the ball and everyone seemed to understand that it was go, 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 go. That was the, we have them, we have them all out of position. Let's take advantage of this. Get one guy moving, roll the ball out to him and we can hit him on the break. That was something that we just haven't seen with our past goalkeepers. And it's really nice to see. You can go on all day about how great he's been. He's been like a spider monkey in between the pipes. It's been fantastic to watch some of these saves, but yeah, to me, the most impressive thing is just the way he has us, uh, organized and with the way we're able to move forward and facilitate from the back has been great. Yeah. And, and uh, again, the international break stuff, he's now theoretically the backup goalkeeper. He was, he was for Italy. He's, he got, he got put to the bench and there's talks of him, you know, starting to get a lot more starts for them too, which is, you know, even more caps for him and more games behind the net, which are against really nice competition that will uh, make him an even better player for us in the, in the future. Um, Want to quickly talk about, um, which what, this is just a, an opinion. 
here uh, about Poro and Adugi. Um, honestly, thought they had a nice game, but I, I, the the best part about it is I don't really remember seeing them very often. Um, which, if, if you're not, if they're not needed, they're kind of just like doing their job, kind of sitting in their positions, and never really got uh, taken. Like Poro wasn't up too far, but was never really challenged. Adugi, I don't really, I don't even really remember him being too much in the play besides just anytime it was on the left side and attacking where he was actually playing defense, just doing his job, um, which is wonderful because you didn't, you don't need to have them, you know, out of position or they seem very stable back there. And Romero, Romero and uh, Vandevin seem to be running like, uh, like the wind back there and, and, and getting back, just make sure we're not getting beat on defense. Anything you guys got to say about the wingbacks? Um, Yudogi, it's funny, not a popular opinion, but I thought he was a, a step slow on Monday. Um, I don't know if it was just something I sensed or if it was the, the, the fourth pint, um, but it wasn't, he, he wasn't as snappy as he has been in previous games. And it's interesting, he did go off early as well, didn't he, now I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, otherwise, you know, he was he was solid. And, and Porro, Porro is is a bit of a revelation, let's face it. Um, last year, I mean, I would have banned him from from going past the halfway line or coming back from from um, his right wing position because of his defense or defensive lapses. So he's a bit of a revelation to me. Um, I never pegged him to be as successful as he has appeared to be this year. Now, long may it continue. We're still only nine games in. Um, but I think both the fellas have played beyond our expectations. That's certainly my expectations. Udogi, before the start of the season, I, some Italian uh, journalist was was saying that he was not convinced that Udogi was going to be able to take on the mantle of um, something Ange wanted him to do. That's not been proved right. Um, I think he's been terrific. Lucas? Yes. No, fair. I, I mean, totally fair play. I think they both exceeded expectations. Uh, the fact that Udogi's such a young kid and he's never even played in England and he comes in and right away he's bossing Man United and, I mean, just man of the match. And so, like, he's been he's been phenomenal. And, again, Poro, same way. I think a lot of fans didn't think that Poro was going to be able to be a true fullback. And uh, I think that speaks a lot to his character, that he's been able to put in the hard work, work in the training ground with Ange and sort out any... Again, I think that the reason I had confidence in his ability to be that true fullback was the defensive part is, I, I truly believe, I've always said that the defensive part is easier. You don't be, you, you're not a wingback or a fullback unless you know how to defend. That's something that can be taught. That's something that can be learned. That's something that can be worked on. The, it's the offenses. Again, at the end of the day, all defense is, is breaking stuff up and disrupting. It's easier to disrupt than create. And so I knew that, Poro had this massive, massive ceiling in terms of what he can give us going forward. And there was stuff that needed to be tightened up as a fullback defensively. And it really looks like he's put in the work all summer and has really turned himself into a defensive asset as opposed to those last couple games of the season last year where he was the biggest liability on the pitch uh, defensively. But so, yeah, big shock to both of them. I think in terms of Fulham, I think I don't know if it was the way Fulham set up or if it was Udogi being a set, step slow, but it, spent, it felt like we spent a lot of time going down the right um, to Poro's side on the offensive side of things as opposed to anything we were getting done on the left was really just coming from a Charleston out on the wing. That was kind of it. So 
again, Palace is going to be a whole new animal. So I think we saw you doggy come off. I, I think Ange even said himself that a lot of that was just because of uh, the fact that we needed to rotate because we had, we're the only team in the league that is, we played the latest game of the weekend and then we're playing the earliest game of the next weekend. So we only had a couple days to rest up and get ready for Palace. So I think that's why we saw some of that heavy rotation as early as we did. And I think that's why we saw the massive drop-off that we saw. When you take out a bunch of your good players, there's going to be a massive drop-off in quality. And I was, it was clear that Ange wasn't really pumped about it in his post-game presser. He <laughs> didn't like didn't like the way we finished. So hopefully well, that was just yeah. all just a rest thing. Well, let's get let's get to that. The second goal was a uh, counter as well, and Son uh, slots it over to Madison, who then quickly slots it with his right foot into the side of the net, being the goalie on his uh, over his left leg. A nice goal, um, and put us comfortably two zero. And then we start seeing, you know, exactly what you're saying. We start seeing a couple subs come in, and here here's here's the thing about the subs. I don't think any of us are necessarily worried that it then it's going to be a downtick in play. Now, was it this game? Yes, it's, it felt it felt different. It didn't feel like we had as much control, um, didn't feel like we were going forward as well. Um, but I, I, I got to give Ange credit. He's been starting the same 11 every game. Um, those guys really have kind of melded and gelled together so well, and it's allowed us to do that with all these, without the, all these other games, that, you know, you feel bad for the uh, La Celso's, um, and, and uh, you know, Hill's not playing. He just got back, but that's not fair. But, you know, Brennan Johnson's back. So you bring on Brennan Johnson. You bring on uh, LaCelso. Uh, obviously, Emerson slots in. And they don't take off Poro. They move Emerson over to the left. Um, and I can't remember. Who came in for um, who came in for Madison? Um, uh, LaCelso. didn't he come in? LaCelso. Uh, Skippy. And then, Skippy came Skippy in, Skippy came in, yes. So Skippy came in for what we call who you want, Son or Madison, and those guys came in. Who Skippy had a nice game, too. And I was actually talking to um, a regular follower, Rick, about about this. Um, about Can you imagine if we – and we've had workhorses on this club for a long time, and I don't – I never want to see any of them go. Skip being one of them, uh, Davies being another one, Eric Dyer being another one. Um but you might have to let go of those feelings. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, and, you, and sometimes you got to let your girlfriends go. You know, they're just they, they need <laughs> they need greener pastures in different places. It's just sometimes it's just not right. But and this seems like it's one of those times that if you could replace those three players with just higher quality upside players, we are going to have a massive bench that is going to be you know deadly for a few years to come. Uh, what, go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, see, the thing with that is that's going to take strong investment. and That's either going to take strong investment or strong recruitment by Levy. And that's something that if you're going to have a team like – if you're going to have a team with a strong, strong bench, you have to be paying these players top, top dollar because nobody of high quality is going to want to sit on the bench unless they're being paid top weekly wages. I mean, otherwise they would say, screw it, I'll go make – the same money but i'll actually play and boost my value that way if you're just going to be sitting on the bench and you're a top quality player and you're not going to play you're not going to have any chance to boost your value unless you're already getting paid wages that make you happy and that's talking up the upwards of what we see some of the guys like unfortunately the man city bench like those guys are i mean they bought they bought jack Grealish for 100 mil to be a bench player 
and a rotational yeah. guy, which is something we've never even talked about. So we're going to have to, that's either going to have to come with through within, or we're going to have to be really savvy with some of our recruitment. But I think benches and like the, with your squad, that's where I think we saw the drop off on thir- on Monday. We saw the drop off with the rotation that we had in, but we're going to need those guys to step up because we're not going to just invest and replace our entire bench in January. We're not, we're going to need these guys to step up and contribute. And because if we actually do, I know it's silly to think that we could go compete for the title this year. I think that's a little bit of a reach, but if we want to finish top four, which is our goal, um, I think that we're going to need everybody. You're not going to have a starting 11 that just gets it done with injury and fatigue and, red card suspensions or built a, a yellow accumulations. Like Basuma's still one yellow card away from Friday. If he gets a yellow on Friday, he misses the next game, even though he just got off his red card suspension. So we're going to have, we're going to need guys to be able to step up and they're not going to have, because we're not in any European competition. We're not in the league cup anymore. They're going to have to take advantage of the little minutes that they do get. And that's where they're going to have to either be busting their ass on the training ground, which I hope everyone's doing to prove themselves to the manager. And also when they do get opportunities to shine in the game, they're going to have to at least show that they're on par of the quality of the guy they're replacing. Cause at the end of the day, that's your goal of somebody coming off the bench in a game when you're up two nil and you're putting on subs, you're not expecting these subs to go create and turn that into a four nil win. You're expecting the guys that you're bringing in to at least be on quality or on par with the quality of the guy they're replacing. And that's where, I think we saw a little bit of a drop-off. You could say it was because of the international break or the fact that these guys haven't been seeing the pitch at all. Um, both completely reasonable arguments. I just think that if we are going to get to where we want to get to this year, we're going to need to see quality performances from the guys that we're bringing off the bench. Um, and unfortunately, I, again, Thursday, I know it was a difficult, different situation, but unfortunately, we haven't really seen it yet from anybody bar Hoybeer this season. Hoybeer has been the one guy that has been coming on in late game situations and been crucial to our success in a lot of them. So I think that bar Hoybeer being like, he's been our super sub so far, but bar him, we're going to need to see a lot better effort from guys coming off the bench. And who knows, maybe that can be Brendan Johnson. Maybe he's going to be the new super sub, uh, like replacing a tired Decky or a tired Richarlison. So um, I know we have a lot of injuries to deal with, but, yeah, the bench, we're going to need to see strong performances out of them uh, if we're going to get where we want to go to this year. And I think Hoiberg is is an important conversation piece because I think he's been terrific this year. He's much maligned. And yeah. he's, he's had a bad press for the last... You know, he played almost every minute of every game last year. The guy was knackered. Um, for the last couple of years, it seems. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Flogged we like just take, we just take it for country. granted the fact that our Danes, when we have Danes, they just play every minute and never get hurt. <laughs> yep. But I think that's probably coming to an end. Um, you know, there's been sort of uh, some rumblings behind the scenes that he's likely to, to bugger off in January. Um, because if I were he, I would probably want to play regular first team football um, like he's done, like you said, Lucas, for the last number of years. Um, now, that will be mitigated slightly by the return of Benton Corps, and we, we hope Benton Corps But there's going to be a bit more churn than perhaps we would have expected. Um, 
we've had tremendous churn over the last 18 months. Let's face it, if you look at the starting 11 on, on, on Monday as to what it was, you know, 18 months ago, it's almost remarkable. Um, but the margins are going to need to be paid attention to. Um, I, as you say, over the next window and a half, January is so difficult. We all know that. And nothing really dramatic tends to happen. So we'll get some backups. We'll get some cheap and cheerful lads in there just to fill some spots. Um, but I don't think anything dramatic is going to happen to the squad until till next summer. No, I, I, I agree. And I kind of want to, I want to talk about all that. I kind of want to end the game real quick. We end up with a 2-0 win. Um, you know, not to talk a little bit about the end of the game. It was like subs came on and it wasn't um, excellent. Ange was emotionally charged about it in his press conference. And, and he expects these guys to keep their foot on the, uh, on the gas and end it. Um, there wasn't any real scary, scary chances for the end of the game. It kind of just played itself out in the last 15 to 18 minutes um, with a slight with a slight bore. But 2-0 win at home on a Monday evening coming up in international break, I'm pretty sure to take the top of the league by two points was every Spurs um, dream. So uh, we all would have taken that. So to end the game, there's that. But let's 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 jump into the squad. Let's jump into What's coming up in two days? We're off to Selhurst. We're playing a, a very well-coached team who's got their shape back. I don't know if Eke's back. Uh, do you guys have any insight on that? Is he back from injury? I didn't think he was. No, I don't think he is either. No, I think they're I don't think. Short. Yeah, I don't think he is either. I have not done my research on it. I don't think he's back. Um, still not going to be a very tough. It's going to be a very tough match. Um, and I'm assuming we're going to start um, Basuma, but this is, I kind of want to jump. I want, I want to jump into this and ask you guys a question. Um, so Basuma sits on four yellows. You have Chelsea coming up after after the the Crystal Palace game. This is all hypothetical. Obviously, you always play the game in front of you. I think that's going to be the answer. But I'm just going to ask the question anyways. Do you sit Basuma? Do you let him rest a uh, match? You, you start Hoy Bear, put the zoom in if you need him. Um, not fight off that yellow card and, and, try to get, and try to get him to play against Chelsea the following week. Or do you just play Basuma and you say, here we go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get three points this week and we'll worry about the following week when that comes up. Go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, I think you definitely do the latter there. You, you worry about Chelsea when you worry about Chelsea. Um, getting wins in the Premier League away from home are crucial and hard to do. Um, and I think Basuma offers us our best chance to do that. And he has fresh legs uh, coming in against Palace, whereas a lot of the other guys had to work out on Monday against Fulham. So I think that'll offer him, uh, or he'll be ready to go. And you just have to accept the fact that he might pick up another yellow and he might miss Chelsea, but that'll be a home game for us. And uh, we'll be back in front of our hands and our fans in a charged atmosphere. And I think whoever we have step in at that point, whether it be boy beer again, or even who knows a Benton core, that'd be kind of cool. But I think we'll have to worry about when it comes to, or we'll worry about that uh, bridge when we cross it. But um, I think the, the main thing is, yeah, just focusing on uh, Friday and trying to find a way to get three points out of a tough, tough place to go play. As Peter knows, he's Peter's the season ticket holder for Palace. So. <laughs> Just because I was born with inside the ground doesn't make me a season ticket holder. Uh, I've heard both ways. Um, but yeah, I completely eagle, agree eagle with tattoo on your back. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, me and um, Rebecca Lowe. Um, <laughs> I, I just have Rebecca Lowe tattooed on my back. <laughs> he um, does, listeners. He does. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Uh, Basuma, it's a no-brainer. He has to play. Uh, I would be astonished if um, if Ange does anything different, frankly. Um, you don't piss about with these sorts of things. You, you play the game in front of you, 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 you take three points, and then you move on with your life. Um, the Basuma situation, um, getting the red card, a teachable moment. I think Ange, almost in a funny way, would have relished that. Um, he's a young player, he's developing, and I think this will be a lesson for him. Um, and I think he'll give him the responsibility to play with um, the risk of a, of a yellow card. Um, and he'll see if he performs based upon that. Uh, in fact, the whole second half of Monday's game was a teachable moment. Um, in a yeah. twisted way, I think Ange looks at it as an opportunity. Um, and for us to come out with the three points and the teachable moment, I think it's going to serve us well down the road. Um, so Basuma is just another part of Ange's uh, dastardly plan for us to win the league next year. Do you... Um... Do we all just think the Ange, which is the answer is probably yes, but do we all think Ange is going to come out with the same formation, same assuming Busuma starts, um, a, a Decky on the right, Son in the middle, uh, Richie on the left, or do we think it's going to be, do we think we give Brendan Johnson a start on the right? Do you think there's any sort of change um, to speed up the, the team a little bit? Go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. Well, the only reason I would would perhaps put a question mark at the end of that sentence is that both, you know, Udogi and Saar went off early, earlier than I perhaps thought. So I don't know if there's any sort of injury issues with either of them. Um, but outside of that, if they're fine to go, then then no, I think it's the same same team. I don't know why you would change it. Lucas? Yeah, I think we'll see the same team. Um, the one that's interesting is the Brennan Johnson one. Um, because when we play a team that we're a stronger side than, and I know it's different when we're on the road because every team wants to put on a performance in front of their home fans. So even when you're ta- like playing a team where you would expect to have the majority of the ball and them to park the bus or something, when they're playing in front of their own fans, it's different. And they're going to give you, they're going to give you some, uh, some challenges that you might not get when you're playing them at your own ground. Like playing Fulham or playing uh, Sheffield United at home is different. Like when they time wasted the entire time, we're not going to see that when we go play them there, they're going to have a little bit more pep in their step because they're playing in front of their own fans. And Selhurst is a tough place to go. So I expect them to be up for it. Um, The interesting one is, do you put in, do you have Johnson start? Whichever one you start, you're going to want to use the other one at some point off the bench. So like if we started Johnson, do you start him when it's going to be more of an open game in the beginning? because he's going to have the pace to get in behind, to get some balls in behind uh, and what will be a much more open game in the beginning than it will be in the later stages of the game. So do you start him and you say, okay, when the game does become more congested, then you bring in a Kulachevsky who's got an ability to shoot from outside the box or has an ability to actually run at players and run to the end line um, and create some good crosses in, which is something that he has in his locker as well. So it's like, that's where you get into the interesting strategy is which, which one do you want to go with first? Cause I expect we'll see both of them in the game, but one will be coming on for the other at some point. 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting. You don't really want to mess with what's been working. We're we're seven. I believe we're seven and two. You know, is that a record? Um, mm-hmm. Ange breaks the Premier League record for the most points by a coach at uh, this point in the season, which is kind of insane, and I'm basically dumbfounded by that. Um, but you know, at the at the at the at the flip side of that, you do have a really nice little kid in Johnson who's got a real knack uh, for the goal. He seems to be. He likes to take his men out. He likes to run at it. He likes to, you know, Decky likes to push that ball to the to the side and then bring it back to the middle or get a cross in. Obviously, a very skilled player. Have no problem with him starting. Be happy if he started. Uh, but Johnson seems to be somebody that I want to get. I think the Ange is really going to want to get a look, a really good look at, um, in a full ninety situation soon, just to see what Son, him, and Richie look like. I have a hard time believing that Richie doesn't get starts. Um, on Friday, get a start on Friday with the way he actually has been playing, um, hustling all over the pitch. I don't see any change there. I don't see any change in the Sarp um, you know, tandem there with obviously Madison. Um, the back line is going to stay the same as well. So it's more of, yeah, it's more of Johnson and Decky who, who gets the go. Um, I just, I'm wondering if you'd be surprised if Johnson got the go. Sounds like you wouldn't go ahead, Lucas. No, I wouldn't. Um, because again, like that might be a perfect environment for him. Because I think what we haven't seen him since what, like the Arsenal game, was it? Yeah. That the yeah. last time he was out there, and so it's like we haven't seen him because he picked up that injury. But he was back on the bench. Um, he was on the bench on Monday, so we know he's fit enough to give it a run out. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised about the start because you could say, "Hey, we're going to have a time clock on you, and we're going to give you sixty-five minutes. Go out there, give us all your energy for sixty-five minutes." But we don't think you're ready for the full ninety yet because we're still coming you back from an injury. So go give us everything you got for 60, like 60, 65 minutes, and then we'll bring on Kulicheski. I think that would be a great way to do it. Um, but again, I'm going to trust Ange with either way he goes. Cause again, we're not out on the training ground with these players and with, with Ange. So we don't know what their status is. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me because again, like I mentioned in like the last topic I had said, if we're going to get to where we want to go, we're going to need everybody to contribute. And, and we're going to need to see some performances because Unfortunately, Sun and Madison aren't going to have 30 goal seasons. And these goals have to start coming from somewhere. We're not going to, we can't rely on Van de Ven Tappens or Romero Crackers or like a weird flick from, uh, like a weird flick ball tappen from Saar. Like we're going to have to start getting these goals from the players that we need to get these goals from. And that's going to be Kulicheski's going to have to have at least somewhere between seven to 10 goals this Premier League season. Richarlson's going to have to have at least 10 to 15. Uh, so we're going to have to start getting those guys. Like, I agree with you, Sai. I think Richarlson has been playing better than he was at the beginning of the season. But we we need you to be a goal scorer. That's what we signed you to do. That's what we paid a lot of money to have you come do. And we're going to start needing to see the production at some point. Peter? Yeah, I think um, going back to the the, the, the decky point, um, I would be surprised if we if we saw Johnson. Um, Ange likes Johnson. I think it's clear he's made that clear in the past. Uh, and had he not got injured, I think we'd have seen more of him. Um, but going back to an earlier point about at some point our early chances are going to start going in, and I think he wants to ride these ponies um, as far as he can before he wants to start, you know, messing with things. Um, I think we've got a game in us where two or three of those chances go in real early and the game's put to bed. And then we'll see those players anyway. 
Yeah. But I, Ange wants to see that happen first because I think it's there. I think he thinks it's there. It just hasn't happened yet. So I, I think once that clicks, I think we might see some rotation. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. And I, I do think, to your point, there's a game coming up where we're going to put in a four to five to six goal game where we're just going to have, you know, it's all just going to click and we're going to knock out punch them early and we're just going to keep on pounding and build up our goal differential. We have that in our squad right now. Um, it should have been Luton. I mean, Luton, if we had a couple, if we had, yeah. if two of those goals yeah. go in in the first 10 minutes, that goal, that game ends seven, six, seven nil. Like that game just turns into a bloodbath. Yeah. 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 Well, actually to, 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 to rewind a little bit to your point about a doogie going off early. Um, I have a feeling that he got t- taken off early because who's playing left back. It looks like Davis picked up a knock. He was not on the bench and I have not seen Davis not on the bench in a situation where you only are really playing with one left back with Pirisic down and with um, um, Davis out, you basically have a doogie and you had to put on Emerson on the left side. So I'm wondering, was that tactical from Ange uh, just to give him a rest after an international break and then, you know, a game on Friday knowing he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. That might be why he took him off. Um, Saar, I, he's definitely going to start. I would be very surprised if it was Skip or Hoybear. Um, just seems to be, you know, really light on his feet and uh, having a great season as well. What do you guys think is going to happen in this game? you think we're going to go there? Are we going to get the result we want? Do we think we're – are we going to score a bunch of goals or do you think we're going to get knocked in the teeth a little bit and have to kind of recoup and, 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 and figure out how to, like, maybe come back again and win a game? Go ahead, Peter. Um. Now, I think we'll we'll approach this game in the same way that we approached the first half of Monday's game. Um, but the difference between Monday's game and Friday's game is it will turn up in the second half as well. And I think if we do that, I think um, the result is kind of inevitable. Uh, listen, Selhurst Park, under the lights, uh, with a pissed up crowd, um, a late game, with their sweet little ultras singing their little songs, you know, it's going to be an atmosphere. But I think the second half of Monday's game will have been a bit of a red flag. And I think Ange will have kicked him up the arse this week. So I think um, this will be a game that we're comfortably winners in. I'd be surprised, frankly, if we put in a lacklustre performance. Um, I think our banana skin, like I said earlier, uh, was Fulham. I'd be very surprised if it turns out to be Palace. Lucas? I'm kind of caught. I'm caught in a weird place here. Um, I, I agree with Peter. I think that um, I, I the thing I love about Ange and this squad and the way they've been working under Ange is we've taken we've seemed to have taken like when we have these moments that are what we talked about as teachable moments or learning opportunities, we then very quickly we see them get sorted out and corrected. It's not as if it's not as if we have a continuous problem that's bit us in the ass again and again and again. It's like we have a moment where, okay, we didn't show up in the second half. Well, then we sorted out the next game. So I, I think that and will have had these guys ready to go and ready to give a full 90. And I think that when Palace, I think the difference is Palace is not going to be able to hang with us for a 90-minute. Um, the key is to not let their crowd get behind it early by giving up an early goal or something because that can rattle our entire cage. We haven't seen our guys get rattled yet, but um, and we've, we've, when we've seen early adversity, we've actually done a good job so far. But um, again, 
for me, this is such a massive opportunity because we're, again, we're on top of the table right now and we're the first to play in the weekend. So we have an opportunity to here to actually build ourselves a little bit of a lead at the top of the table, which would be um, something we haven't had an opportunity to do in a very long time. And that's where my pessimism comes in. I know this is Ange. This is a new Tottenham. This isn't the same old, use that word I hate, Spursy. It's not <laughs> us. It's not that anymore. And I know, and I keep telling myself that, but every time in my lifetime that we've had an opportunity to have that game at your fingertips where you, it's, it's all like you have the chance to really elevate yourself to a new level. Every time we've had that, we've slipped up. So there's that in the back of my head telling me to be ready for that on Friday. But I'm with Peter. I got to think that uh, Andy's going to have these guys ready. We're going to get some early opportunities. And it's about damn time that some of these early opportunities actually find the uh, back of the net. And when they do, that'll take Selhurst out real quick. Those little ultras in their songs and their big stupid ass flags that block the view of everyone for 20 <laughs> rows behind them. Well, they're going to be waving those. They're not going to be waving those if we're up 2-0 going into halftime. It's going to be a real quiet second half for them and our boys. We all know that our road support is the best in the business. And I, I really think that if this could be the game that we get those early opportunities to go in and we just take it and uh, it basically do what the, they just had happen to them at the weekend with Newcastle, who just put a beating on them. I think there's a very good chance that they can catch another beating this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, let's kind of want to, I kind of want to put you on the spot and, and, and I'm going to make you give me a result. Um, I'll go first and let you think about it since I'm putting you on the spot. And I'm going to say I'm a, I'm not nervous. I do think we're going to win this match, and I think it's going to be by two goals. But I think they're going to get one on us. And I'm wondering if it's early. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 Spurs. Um, we do get a bunch. But I think they're going to score on us first. And oh. it's going to really like kind of be like like a wake-up call. Like, boys, you know, you're, you're, like you said, Lucas, like it's, it's not easy to win on the road. At, at a, in a hostile environment. And uh, those, those fans are, you know, have been known to be uh, very passionate. So I'm going to say 3-1. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I mean, under normal circumstances, I'd perhaps agree with you. Um, I th certainly think we've got three goals in us, um, which is a, a relative slapping. But I don't think they are going to score. I don't think they do score, do they? <laughs> I can't remember. Crystal Palace putting a, a whipping on anybody this year. Um, I might be wrong, but I just don't think they score. Um, so, 3-0. There you go. Lucas? Yeah, I'm going to say it's 3. Yeah, I like 3-0 too. Um, I think we get a couple of, uh, I think we get, I think we get a couple of early ones, um, coast it out into half, make some subs, get another one, and then just ride out the game in a comfortable manner. Maybe get some of the guys off that we want to protect from either yellow cards or guys we'd like you doggy that we don't have a backup for. Um, but I think we'll get, I think this will be the game that some of our early chances go in. And when we get ahead early on teams, it becomes a scary environment for the opponent because they now have to come at us and we are a very, very good team in transition. So I really think that this will be the game. We get an early one or two from Sun and Madison or somebody, or maybe who knows, maybe Richarlison finds a nice header to, get us going early and we just take it away. But I think it'll be three nil us. Cause I agree yeah. with Peter too. Like palace has had a, they've had a difficult time scoring this year. They've their last games. They didn't score on Newcastle. Didn't score on forest. Didn't score on Fulham. 
scored one against Villa. Like, this isn't a team that's been pumping in goals. So, if we can get ahead early on them, we're going to force them to try and come out and score goals, and we'll put them to the sword. That's a really good shout. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, well, boys, I kind of want to just kind of leave it there. I don't, I don't want to, like, dive into too much extra stuff since we have a match on Friday, and we'll have a, another pod coming up soon. So maybe we just call it and say, let's get another three points and be up five points going into the weekend with a nice little lead. That would be unbelievable. Going. I want to wake November. up. I want to wake up Saturday morning being top of the table by five points. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would just be unbelievable. Um, you better so believe I'm keeping sh- some screenshots on that morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, having them framed. So anybody's anybody's listening. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I'll, you know, there's a lot of thanks to be had. First of all, a big thanks to Lucas and Peter for being on and being awesome guests all the time, and, and for Anthony letting me host on the side when he's not doing it. But also to Catherine being a kick-ass president of the Tottenham Hotspur Chicago Supporters Club and Tommy, who's going to be editing this, and it needs some editing. So thank you, Tommy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, besides that, the Atlantic Pub. And if you're listening, come on out to the Atlantic Pub because everybody else is, and we're packed. And if, if another hundred of you do, we might need a second pub, maybe one nearby. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll build a building and uh, we'll make it our own, our own little pub. Yeah. But we just come Rad Mile. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Tommy's. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and hey, guys, thanks for jump, jumping on. And uh, we'll catch you again next weekend. Let's go, Spurs! Let's get three points. Come on, Spurs! Oh, really one.